Okay, picture of 30 kids in a class. There's 28 rich white girls from New Jersey who like to shop. One gay dude and me. I'm Anthony Riley, and you're listening to Longest War. All right, so let's start with, you're born and raised in Philly. Sort of. Cheltenham. Well, no. No. No, I was, bo- like, I was born and sort of raised in, in northeast Philly. Oxford Circle is the neighborhood. But my life story is annoying to me because it's confusing. Not confusing, but a lot of parts to it. So when I was nine, we moved to Florida. Like That's sight right. unseen. That's right. Yeah. The neighborhood was getting bad. My parents, I guess they really had nothing going on. So they said, let's go. Packed it in the U-Haul and just drove. You were nine. Yeah, I was nine. This was 1995. Your yeah. brother was? Would have been three. Three. Not three. No, my math is... <laughs> I don't do sugar, math, man. Right? <laughs> no, he would have been six. So yeah, we took off down there, lived down there for like, I think seven years, and then came back up here. So around that time is when my parents settled in, in Cheltenham. So you moved back when you're 15. Yeah, That's a weird time to move it back It was somewhere. terrible, yeah. So like new school. We moved everything. to Lansdale, which is, I guess, probably an hour from, from right here. In the middle of 10th grade to the biggest, I think it's the second biggest high school in all of Pennsylvania. So it was like the worst time of my oh, life. Oh shit, yeah. yeah. It was terrible. And you were like this Florida kid now. I guess I was just a weirdo and... You know, didn't have friends and straight edge, like, right? I guess this sort of, but not by edge. no, but like not by choice. <laughs> like I didn't drink or do anything just because I didn't have friends to drink with. I guess you're straight edge because yeah. you were a fucking loser. Yeah, like the opportunity. Like I <laughs> ate lunch with the retarded kids. Can we say retarded? I don't yeah, know. I don't know if we can say retarded. I, you you I, ate lunch with the kids with the um. Disab- what do you call it? Uh, disabilities. Definitely no, abled. It's oh god. Andy capable. <laughs> individual need assessment <laughs> anyway so you, you ate lunch with uh, the weirder kids they're not weird they're well, normal people like well, you and me <laughs> yeah but you're no, pretty weird, weird. <laughs> yeah i had lunch friends that, that was it it was like very casual social interactions yeah, very casual. but they like didn't want to like, be seen with you afterward i don't think it was like i think it was just me limiting myself honestly i had a lot to offer you know <laughs> I don't know. This is weird. Being a teenager sucks. It does, doesn't People it? People like glorify high school. No, high school is terrible. It's the worst time of your life. Yeah. And well, if that is your glory day, then you you got another thing coming. I think. It's a shitty life. Yeah. And then you go from like high school fucking sucks, and then yeah. then you join the navy. No, like well, I went I went to college in between. You were the yeah. first person I knew that bought an iPhone, and I just thought. Where the fuck did this guy get 600 bucks from yeah, to go buy an iPhone? always worked. It was an was iPhone 12. 1 sitting on Chi-Chi's kitchen table. Yeah. And I was just like, holy shit, this dude. I was like, I don't know what you were doing at the time, but I was like, this motherfucker's balling out. I probably worked like Sports Authority or something. <laughs> yeah. That was like I've always had a job pay. since I was 12. So you went to college. Yeah. Did th- you finish? No. Where'd you Still go? Still haven't finished. Where didn't I go? <laughs> no, I, I went to like three different colleges changed my major a bunch of times i just didn't know what i wanted to do you know so like i started out in florida for graphic design then i moved back up to philly went to temple for um i switched to advertising because i thought that sounded cool turns out it's not cool did you get into like fashion for yeah a while? so that's my next thing yeah so you're gonna be like the next tim gunn or something right yes I, I don't know <laughs> but like straight yeah sort of yeah so then i uh i was working at like a boutique store kind of thing, like high-end sneakers and all that kind of stuff. So I was sort of interested in that. I remember that place. And going that route with it. I got a Yo! MTV rap shirt from yes, there. I exactly. still have that yeah. shirt. I still have the sneakers in the closet or in the attic. Your brother worked there too, right? Yeah. Yeah, that place was yeah, awesome. Yeah, he's like shoplifted from the store <laughs> under my uh, command. 
<laughs> so yeah, at that point I switched to. So Phil- you were a born leader. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, so at that point I switched to Philadelphia University for fashion industry management, which like I don't know. Looking back, it was pretty probably stupid, but it sounded cool. But I was learning so much more at the store versus in school. It sounded like a reasonable yeah like progression for sure and but it turns out fashion school is just rich girls from new jersey who like shopping okay picture a 30 kids in a class there's 28 rich white girls from new jersey who like to shop one gay dude and me you know like a dude riding a skateboard to fashion school like with his headphones on and doesn't talk to anybody with your like bad brains t-shirt yeah, on like, yeah so what did, what did you do in that did you have to like take a uh, fabric and make dresses and stuff not, I didn't quite get to that level because it was my. I only went there for a year. Well, no, not even a year. A semester and a half. Yeah, it was like one class was cool. We had to light fabric on fire and they had to like describe the smell and stuff like that. And then there was one sewing class, which was kind of cool, like how to work a commercial machine and stuff like that. Well, that came in handy. Yeah, sort of. So then when were you like, man, fuck this, I'm going to the Navy? Yeah, that was. Well, Dan joined the Navy first. Did he? Yeah, so he worked, he worked for like a year out of high school and then. He decided that he was going to go in the Navy, and I, I became secretly jealous of that for some reason. I never in a million years would have been or would have thought I would have joined the military, like, ever. Like, all through high school, I was, like, thought I was punk rock, fuck George Bush, like, all that shit, protesting, and I was, had no interest in being a part of that whatsoever. But then once, you know, a few years pass, and we our kind of ideals change, and yeah, so Dan was going to join. Who was even less likely? In my opinion. So, yeah. Because he was more even like... I, where I may have been more opinionated, he was way more like anti-authority. Right. Like doesn't want to listen to anybody. Where right. I respected authority, but... Yeah. And like he was to a point... Like, is he going to listen to this? Yeah, we'll he does, Dan, look, dude, this is real. Like, if Chi-Chi told you not to touch the hot-ass fucking stove, you would do it despite her warning. Just be like, bitch, I'd do what I want to do. <laughs> Pretty much. So, yeah, it was... When I found out... Yeah, that's right. So, he joined first. I found out. I was like, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. And then you joined. I was like, that's fucking So, crazy. this was a... Uh, he left for boot camp in May 2008. In March, he had to go to the recruiter. This was in, so I was in the middle of my second semester at school. He went to, had to go to the recruiter. I went with him. At this point, I was starting to toy with the idea in my head, like maybe I could do this, you know? He had to go sign a piece of paper or something. I went with him, and the recruiter dude jokingly was like, oh, do you want to join too? And I was like, uh, yeah, I think I might want to, you know? So he's like, all right, here you go. Here's your practice ASVAB. And I took that and got like a, maybe like an 80 something or whatever. He's like, oh shit, okay. So two months later is when Dan went to boot camp. And during that time is when I, you know, went to MEPS and all that nonsense. What'd your parents think? I think that, I don't know what they, uh, it kind of came out of left field, I think, honestly. What'd they think about Dan joining? I think they thought it would be good for him to, because he just, no 19 year old has stuff going for them. They wanted him to do something, I think. Because he wasn't, he had no interest in college or yeah. anything like that. So. They thought it would like, he would A direction up. or something, you know? Right. And then so you just come home and be like, yeah, I joined too. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember anything, any crazy. And you were the one they had hopes for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I think it was. But your dad was like, well, anything's better than fucking fashion school. <laughs> no, I don't. He, I, he's, he's oblivious to shit like that anyway. The funniest thing like with my mom though, is she went to the recruiter <laughs> with us one time. And I remember this clear as day. I'll, I'll say this at her eulogy one day because it was so funny. She said to the recruiter, she's like, I gave you both of my sons. The least you can do is give me some pencils. <laughs> she wanted free pencils for school. <laughs> Did she get them? Yes. He went in the closet and got a big old grip of uh, of swag pencils. Oh, shit. Yeah. Typical choo-choo. Yeah. So you go to 
every everybody in the navy goes to bumfuck michigan or whatever right great lakes great Illinois, lakes. yeah how much swimming did you do there not that much could you swim when you got there yeah how many dudes couldn't swim many many <laughs> many that's so funny every You'd time think i interview like, a navy oh you're person, in the navy you can swim yeah but which it, you would think that but yeah a lot of people couldn't swim there's not that much swimming which is also surprising. There's like different classes of swimming, I think. You have to do like class one or three. It's one of those backwards three, two, one things. But you have to jump off the uh, like 15 foot and then swim like With all your gear on lap. and stuff, right? But, but just coveralls. Oh. Oh, and wasn't you like have... with your like rucksack and stuff like no, that? No, no. Oh, Jesus. There's no rucksack in the Navy, man. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Fanny packs? What do you guys <laughs> carry? bag of cookies? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and then so... you had to like inflate your coveralls so that you could oh, yeah, cause you can make float a... in the ocean. You can make a Mae West thing. Yeah, it's thing. just bullshit. It doesn't work when you like really fall I off the ship, so, though. I don't because you're probably unconscious. Because all the ones I've heard about recently, like they that shit... Yeah. Not to be morbid, but like no. the dudes that fell off, like they just don't find them. Right. Because the Navy has also made watercolored camouflage now for sailors to wear, so when they fall off, oh. it is virtually impossible for yeah. them to be found. So what was your, you get, you get to boot camp and you're like, oh, this is cake, right? No, I didn't think it was, it's just stupid. It's really stupid. It is. It's just annoying. That's the best way to describe it. It's just annoying. Everything is just so tedious, but that's the point of it. In hindsight, you realize why it is the way to the, that it is, that we're not like stabbing dummies with bayonets and shit like you guys do. It's yeah. like fold your underwear a hundred times because one day you're going to be, you know, it's gonna save in charge of a ship that's worth a bajillion dollars it's all about protecting like you know the assets and attention, attention to, detail. to detail yeah, yeah. but the navy is very technical do they scream you know? a lot not really no and i was in an integrated division like so male and female which makes it just way weirder no they don't really they don't even yeah. so like i've heard stories from other people like my brother was in you know all male division and he was like in a 900 division they call it which is uh guys who are going to do like special operations or air crew like he was going to do so I think they're like more hard more on hardcore. them, yeah. Because he said some things that stuff like I had never heard when I was in boot camp. What was the worst part of it? I don't know, just being away from friends and family and stuff. I guess. And how long does know. it last? It's like two months. Oh, that's not bad. Twelve weeks, something like that. And then you get some leave. You get to come home. I don't think I no. I didn't get. I didn't. You didn't go home, home before you went to your no. A is it a school? A school. Yeah, it was for for Corman is right across the uh, across the street. Oh, yes, yeah, so we missed that. We missed that part. So you had originally signed up to do, like, nuclear stuff, and they were giving you a right. $100,000 bonus. Something like that. And then you were just like, nah, change my yeah, mind. Yeah, anybody that scores high on the ASVAB, like, not to toot my own horn, but beep, beep. Uh, beep, beep, motherfucker. They, like, at MEPS, there was a room full of dudes, like, for the Navy, and they were waiting in line, and they, like, bumped me ahead and pulled me in the office because I scored so high. And all all they're trying to do is get you to sign up to be a nuke because they can't get people to do it because it's so stupid, I think. <laughs> I don't know if that's the reason why, but it's like everything I read about it, the homework is classified, so you can't even do your homework like in your barracks room. You have oh, to God. stay at the schoolhouse. That's It just sounds really terrible and not anything I would be interested in whatsoever. Hunter Grant's a lot of money. It is, but you know, when you're, how old was I, 21? It's like, I don't know, who cares? I don't know, it wasn't about money Yeah. for me. It never was. It was more about, I guess, getting away from it all. And yeah, so yeah, that, it wasn't I, about money for me either. But they only offered me six grand. So which, yeah, it's but if they had offered me a hundred thousand, man, I probably would have fucking. I don't know. I would have washed penises for a hundred thousand yeah. dollars, dude. Yeah. I would have done whatever the fuck. Little they did I know, I get to do that for free. <laughs> You're right, know? right. As a medic, man, <laughs> it's like Doc. I got this weird itch. Yeah. Because you got as that's all anyone ever says to you. What do you call? What is what is the version of the barracks to the Navy? 
I don't know. We called it barracks. You got barracks too. So do you had barracks rats? What do you mean? Uh, they were, oh God, what's the PC term? Promiscuous females that. Why do they have to be female? Couldn't any gender be promiscuous? Well, well yeah, but these ones specifically in the all male barracks typically had gonorrhea. Right. And you would know because on Monday, like seven dudes would be going to sick yes, call yeah. and they would all have like the clap or... The dude I worked with got in trouble for trying to verify that sort of information in <laughs> someone's medical record. <laughs> I remember we're up in formation one morning, this dude raises his hand, he goes, first time you go sick call. And he says, why is this? I'm pissing cheddar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. That's nasty. And then like three more dudes raise their hand. They're like, oh shit, me too. <laughs> I didn't know we needed to see the doctor for that. <laughs> I stayed away from those. Easy cheese. Yeah, you have to. I stayed away from them barracks rats. Yeah. Got to be prof- professional. Yeah, man. Yeah. Lead by example. Yeah. yeah. There's snap necks and cash checks, dude. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about? Not get the clap and end up at the doc's office. Yeah. <laughs> so you join, you go to, you decide to be a corpsman. So yeah, at which point, after Googling what a nuke did, I was like, yo, fuck that. So I uh, called the recruiter. I was like, can I change to something? And at some point, corpsman became a choice like in my mind. So yeah, I went with that. And then they called me like a week later. He's like, yo, we, we can, you can leave in two days. I was like, okay, cool. And then calls me back like an hour later, like, oh, someone already took that spot. But I ended up leaving for boot camp May of 2008. So that's cool. So the great thing about Corman is too, is like you got, you get like street cred with the Marines as well. Yeah. Like you ever meet a Marine? Which like, I didn't know that at the time really. But yeah, like once you get to core school and see what that culture is all about, like it's really cool and really like it's unique to any to the military as a whole, like the relationship between corpsmen and, and Marine Corps is yeah. pretty cool, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just like the Army and like our, our docs, man. Like yeah. your medics, like, I mean, yeah. fuck, dude. Like those dudes go out of your way yeah, you to like, make you're, them. You're elevated in a way. Yeah. 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 Because it's like, it doesn't matter what your rank is. Like if you're an right, E3, exactly, yeah. the company commander still calls yeah. the kid doc. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And that's a weird thing. Right. Like for civilians to see that. Yeah. Cause you're not a real doctor, right? No, like, you can't. You can't diagnose shit. Right, nothing. Well, I mean, you can while you're there. You can yeah. do whatever you can get away with. You give out Motrin, a lot of that. So that's pretty much the drink water. Of it. Motrin, change your socks. Change your socks. Drink water. Emodium. Yeah. So then you go to Afghanistan. What Marine unit were you attached with? So I was attached to HMH four sixty one, which is Marine Heavy Hel- Helicopter Squadron. So it's uh they fly the CH fifty three Echo. Which one's that? What does it it's look the, like? Just the biggest, the biggest one there is. With the they call the donkey dick on the front. Uh, like oh, the okay. Refueling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what we're talking about now. The way I describe it to people is, it's like, are you familiar with the Chinatown bus? It's like a really cheap bus that goes between. It actually, it goes between all the Chinatowns, like on the East Coast, like from DC to Philly. Anyway, it's a way. It's a really cheap way to get to New York City from Philly. So I call like what we did. It's a mix between a UPS truck and a Chinatown bus. So it's just moving people and stuff, you know, and there's, you know, some other things mixed in there, but. But you just did like 50 hours flight time with that, right? Right. Yeah. So when, yeah, when I deployed, I, f- I flew as an air crewman, um, which was kind of like a weird, unique opportunity for someone in my position to get to do that. Cause you know, it's volunteer, it's volunteer duty, but it's, uh, you know, highly sought after sure. to be able to fly. Cause there's just not many people that get to do that. And it gets boring sitting around Leatherneck. Yeah, exactly. Out, and call. out of a unit of 300 people, like only a, a small percentage of that are people that actually fly. Everyone else is supporting flight right. in all their all different ways. So, so when you were on the FOB or on base, like you did, you did sick call, you worked in the clinic or whatever. Yes. Yeah, what so, was the most common type of illness you would see over there? Just the usual, like 
Just stupid shit, honestly. Shin splints. <laughs> My tummy hurts. Yeah, just really basic kind of. One time I was I was sleeping. This dude woke me up. He stepped in glass in the shower. I was like, well, how did you step in glass in the shower? There's blood dripping everywhere. <laughs> Who put glass yeah, why in did the you? And why didn't you have your little flip flops on? Like, wh- how did this? How did this all even happen? Now you have cut feet and yeah, fucking you're an idiot swamp foot. Yeah, and then you like you know like Marines are idiots. True, as we're aware. We love them, but they're they're really stupid yeah, people. <laughs> yeah, so this fool puts duct tape on his foot. You know, he's got a cut foot, duct tape. Anyway, so yeah, just real basic kind of stuff. And you were just like, no, you're good, man. You duct taped it. You'll be just fine. Well, yeah, and then he's got to walk with a limp for a month, you know, because he's got it's infected, pus in and all that foot. stuff. But yeah, it was a lot of just like handing out Motrin. And, but here's the thing, with, with I think, with being a corpsman like anywhere is you never know what can happen. Right. I'm fortunate in a lot of ways that, well, like a lot of stuff I did was pretty, pretty chill, like basic, but anything. You didn't happen. have to do any like serious trauma. No. Like, well, the worst for me was, uh, I diagnosed somebody with, uh, appendicitis, which is pretty serious. And he had to get medevac to Germany. And that was in Leatherneck in Helmand province? Yeah. So this, that's not a good place to have appendicitis. No, no. So this, the, so we had like a little medical office in our like squadron space. So the, I worked the night shift. The dude on the day shift was just a moron. And uh, so this dude came in and said his stomach hurt or whatever. And the guy was this was the, this the laziest dude I've ever worked with, like in my career in the Navy. But he, uh, he like he would literally sleep on the, you know, on the exam. He would lock the door to the medical room and sleep on the exam table. And people like couldn't find him or whatever. But he sent the dude away. Like he gave him Pepto-Bismol and was like, oh, just, you know, you're good. We comes back that night at like maybe midnight and he's just dead, you know, like in extreme pain. And I do my little exam on him like, yo, this is not good. I'm pretty sure it's appendicitis because it's in a certain spot in your abdomen, you know. But I can't, couldn't make that call like to diagnose. So, um, you know, I have to go wake up the actual doctor. Yeah, the PA. Yeah. And then he, you know, examined him. Next thing you know, that kid's on a flight. He's out of there. So that was the most serious like medical thing. That's some pretty serious shit. That dude could have died. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty serious. What happened to the dude that just gave him fucking Pepto and told him to leave? was the worst. Nothing happened to him. I don't know. He was just fat and just... There's so many of those people in every branch. Um, like, you just want to shake them like, yo, why are you here? Because you're, you're garbage. So, <laughs> so let's talk about this thing, man. Like, so there's this idea of, like, particularly with post-9-11 vets, like, people, like, being like, oh, you're a veteran. Like, thank you for your service. Like, like dude, I, let's be, yeah. let's be real. Like, there's a lot of shit bags in the military. And, like, so many. at least 25% of the time when you shake someone's hand and you tell them to thank you for your service, you're thinking a, a real piece of shit that <laughs> fucked his buddies constantly. I'd say more than 25%. No, maybe not. They just know, they just fair, fucked but... off. We called them shammers. They hid. Yeah. They didn't go to work. They yeah. didn't do a goddamn thing. Yeah. I guess it's easy to tell because they're just shitty civilians as well. Right. Like people think like, oh, he must have had a rough time in the military. No. He's a shitty civilian. He's no, he was he a, a shitty military soldier. Yeah. Like that's why he's shitty in civilian work. Right. Role. And he's got like the five eleven tactical pants <laughs> and the fucking operator hat, and he like, you know, he's tactical. In my case, he's like a dude that worked at the naval hospital, like in the file office. Yeah, you know, there's always the stickers all over his car, and you get those cooks. Yeah, don't man. tread on me and shit. Like, <laughs> come on, dude. Yeah, I hate those dudes. Is this dude you get in Facebook arguments with that oh, were yeah. cooks that are like, I, I yeah. bled for this country. You will respect me yeah. at the Applebee's. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get in trouble for this one, man. Kevin's not gonna be happy when he hears the rough cut. I just don't know what to say. Completely clueless. 
being a barber, I uh, have run into a few like potential stolen valor type conversations, which are just amazing. Dealing with those knuckleheads, it's just like the those kinds of dudes to the next level. Yeah, so let's describe your barbershop. Your barbershop is like smoking balls. It's like old timey. It's got a bunch of military shit. You got old like World War Two posters, man. Like someone talked. You got like yeah. Marine Corps banners. Uh, you got all kinds of cool shit. So like dudes come in here and they're like, oh yeah, I was in the Corps. I was a fucking Sometimes. A Sports Recon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like like how many Navy SEALs have you run across, right? I've ne- never a SEAL in Florida. I met a dude, an obese man that said he was a uh, Air Force PJ. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> like you literally are not. So just shut up, you know. He may have been a dude that like washed out of boot camp, but he kept going on and on. And, and Dan was there too. Like Dan starts quizzing him, asking all these questions. Like, oh, where was jump school? What was your <laughs> And he's like Googling on his phone. He's like, what's like the PJ motto? Like, and the guy's like, oh man. He's like, it's been so long. Like, right. I don't even yeah. remember. You know? Right. Ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. There's a lot of that shit out there. <laughs> and you know what else drives me wild? Like, so we'll be driving down the highway and there'll be a dude that's just like homeless veteran. Yeah. And my wife will be like, oh, should we stop and give money? And I'm like, mm. it's like, no, fuck that guy. Because it says homeless war vet. Yeah. Right. Like now, if you're a combat vet, you will never refer to that as anything other than a combat vet. Right. Like, it's no specific, one has ever said, yeah. I'm a war vet. So right. if that shit says war vet, yeah. they're fucking lying. Yeah. Don't Star give them anything. Wars. You know? Yeah. Don't give them <laughs> shit. Oh, yeah. fuck, man. I hate those dudes. Yeah. I, like, it's getting me heated up. The, the, cur- the current, like, veteran culture is really annoying to me. Uh, it's super entitled, too, man. I, yeah. It really is. Like, the world doesn't owe you anything like I, per- I haven't even put in a, a VA claim, you know, because I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, there's nothing wrong with me. There could be some shit wrong with me, right? But it's it's those people that ruin it, those idiots that have like, you know, a laundry list of things, and they've never, not that you have to go somewhere to be disabled, but sure. you know what I mean. Sure, no, totally. Like, like there's training accidents that happen all the time. Of like, course, guys yeah. get jacked up real yeah. bad. There's all kinds of shit that can happen. Being in the military, even in a training environment, is extremely dangerous, regardless of the branch. Sure. Like. How many helicopter crashes, plane crashes, ship crashes have we had in the last like yeah. six weeks? Like yeah. dudes die all the time sure. in training. So yeah, I'm cool with that. But it's like, yeah, no one owes a shit, honestly. Right. Like post 9-11 events, yeah. I'm going to speak for, because we, yeah. we all joined. Right. Like it was yeah. not compulsory. For whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, for whatever reason. Like they even, shit, like they gave me a bonus. They gave me a little bit of money. It wasn't much, but they gave me a bonus. Yeah. They paid for my college when I got out. Right. right? Like, so like. And they paid me while I was in. It's like, like I wasn't a slave. Like, I got exactly. paid a regular yeah, that's paycheck. That's what people don't realize. You get a decent living. My wife gave birth while I was in. Do you know how much it cost us? Zero dollars. It was $17. Oh, $17. Because we wanted cable in the room, <laughs> and that's the only thing they wouldn't pay for, because I wanted to watch the History Channel. Yeah. Because she's just over there, right. like, with their kid on a tit. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm, <laughs> so I'm staring at the wall, so I'm like, can we get some TV in here? 17 yeah. bucks, man. Yeah, and, and Pretty sweet No deal. one ever factors in the medical care when they talk about military salaries. Like, they don't, that doesn't ever factor. Or housing. Everyone's like, well, Obama didn't give a raise to to military this year. It's like, yo, you, you get paid way too much for what you're doing. Like, yeah. so many dudes just sitting with, with their thumbs up their asses. Yeah, I would, I'll just say the only exception to that is, like, when we're deployed, we don't get paid enough. It's like, we didn't make shit. Yeah, deployed. I mean, I think, it, I think, in a lot of ways, I think that should be based upon what you're actually doing. Because, well, like, yeah. I know dudes that, like, you know, yeah, we're in Afghanistan, but, like, I could eat ice cream every day. Are you fucking shitting yes, me? Yes, there was ice cream every single day. You guys day. had ice cream at home? Ice products? cream, yes. Ice cream. Bro, I didn't see real milk. I'm sure you didn't. <laughs> For fucking ever. <laughs> you know, I have buddies Holy that, shit. you know, that were in the Marine Corps that ate 
MREs for like two months straight. You know what I mean? Like I was worse than yeah, that. Yeah, we some had dudes. ice cream. Like they would run. Like, yeah. So this dude Sar Myers, he was a cook man, but he was a badass cook. Was it Sar? He was in the Cornwall Valley. Yeah. He was the cook out Which there. Which rank is that? It was Staff Sar. Staff Sar. Sar. Okay, got it. So he was an E six. So what is that in the Navy? Like seaman eighth class? Uh, that was a petty officer first class. That's okay. what I ended up being. Yeah. You were petty officer first class. So they just give that shit out. No. I earned that shit. No, actually, yeah, I'm definitely going to toot my horn pretty hard here. But yeah, I here ma- comes motherfuckers. I, made, I picked up rank literally as fast as you can in the Navy. I made E6 in less than four years, which is really unheard of, especially for a, for a corpsman. Yeah. Once I picked up E6, I was put in charge of people who had been in the Navy like three times as long as me, and they were not cool with that. They were. Oh, I bet. You know, very resent. You know, they resented me, and that's part of why I got out. It, was, it just turned into a babysitting gig. Like I'm babysitting like forty year old man, like who can't get his shit together. He can't get here on time. It was just. It got Did you have the mustache month. while you were in the navy? Uh, a little, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I can't picture you without it in the navy. Yeah. Sometimes I had it. So it's a weird. It's a weird no, diversion. It's just a part of me. So you were in E six. Yeah. So you got paid all right then. Yeah. 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 Life was pretty good. That's not bad. Were you married when you went? Yeah. Well, I got married. Uh, Family separation pay. Yeah, I got married in October, and then I deployed in January. And so then you know, get that shit out of the way. Did you guys get married because you knew you were deploying? Uh, I, I think that I mean, fact. Not, not, no, not to say you, you didn't love your wife, like that, obviously. The timing. Yeah, I think it was related to that for sure. Because I'll be real. like Me and Steph got married because she was pregnant. You know what I mean? Yeah. I loved her, but it was like, well, no, time is of the essence. We need right. that TRICARE. Yeah. <laughs> Pay for yeah. this baby. Let's go ahead and get married I think now. that definitely fact- factored in, of course. Yeah, because you do make a lot more money when you're married yeah. than deployed. That's and true. I think the... I don't know, maybe like the romanticized notion of getting married before you go away and all that. So your happy widow can bury him. I guess. <laughs> you have someone know. crying at your yeah. funeral well, other than so your mom. So she gets that, what do they call that, the SGLI or whatever, the life insurance. It's like 450 grand. She'd yeah. be set for a little while. Yeah. If she would only be so lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How long was the tour? Six months? So, uh, yeah, like six, close to seven. Seven months. Yeah. You come back. What do you do then? What did I do? I don't remember. I was really skinny, which was cool, and I got fat really quick. Um, Marriage. Yeah, I like I kept. I went through all these different kind of phases of, like being deployed was cool in a lot of respects because um, I got to actually do medicine as opposed to like administrative stuff, which is what I did at home. So that kind of piqued my interest a little bit. When I did a few like kind of mini deployments prior to that, um, where, which, where to? So the first thing I ever did was in. October of 2010, no, I'm sorry, of 2009, went to, it was like a counter-narcotics mission, which sounds badass, but... That does sound awesome. Yeah. I was not involved in that Where was it? That was in like, in the Caribbean, so it was three months on board ship. So I was, uh, you know, so I was a corpsman attached to the Marine Corps unit, but I actually got six months total at sea, which was pretty cool. So we went, so we were just floating around the Caribbean for three months, went to Haiti twice. It was pretty boring. A lot of what, gay stuff goes on. What's that? When you guys are out for six months. Or no, we went to Cuba twice, not Haiti. Yeah, you know. What are you doing Cuba? It's not gay if it's underway. <laughs> um, not that there's anything wrong with that. What do they say uh, about like it's about the sailors, right? Like uh, 200 seamen go out to, to sea, 100, 100 couples, couples come yeah, back. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Oh, So I ended her first episode like this. How does a sailor remove a condom? I don't know. He farts. Nice. You like that one? <laughs> Yeah, so I went to Cuba twice just, like, for liberty, but there's, like, really nothing to do there. Like, you got to go into Cuba? Like, no. Or are you, like, no, on Guantanamo? Like Guantanamo Bay. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. Which is just, there's, like, a PX and a movie theater. Did they let you, like, Super poke boring. any of the detainees or anything while you were there? So, funny thing you should say that is... Uh, you did? On, no, on the uh. on our second time to Cuba, 
I well while we were underway around there, um, I signed up for the prison tour, and I was I was tours? selected. Yeah. So out of like a few thousand people on the ship, they picked like ten people to go take the tour, and I was one of them. I was like the lowest ranking person. That was like probably the highlight of my not the highlight, but. The most interesting thing I did when so I was in the Navy. So you got to see some of the, you got to see like Khalid Sheikh Mohammed back yeah, there. Yeah, like, like right up waterboarded in person. Shit. Yeah. No, no, it's like, it's a whole, it's a PR thing. So you come in there, you, they show you this like PowerPoint thing. They make you put duct tape over your name tapes and everything. And uh, yeah, it's like, oh, you know, make sure you tell your friends, tell your shipmates about how it is here, you know? It's some real third world shit. So they don't shit, take like... you to like Camp X-Ray, which is where all like that real gnarly stuff happened right after 9-11. Yeah, that's like gone. You know, that's all overgrown. They don't let anyone near there. So there's these new modern But they're still doing that facilities. shit back there. Probably, who knows, you know. So they take you on a tour, and they're like, oh, there's a 500 DVD library. Um, the detainees particularly like Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, for real, they're like, yo, they, these dudes love Harry Potter. Yeah, I think, well, they said because uh, magic is, like, forbidden in Islam, so they're, like, really interested in it, I guess. I feel like if they're really into Harry Potter... That means that like we we probably picked up some of the wrong guys. Well, there's a definitely because they seem a little more militant. Dude, there's they a very be underlying magic. theme of they got the wrong guys <laughs> yeah. through the whole place because they did. They're just snatching dudes up. They're not trying them with any crimes, and they're just there for ten years. So all like the the you know good prisoners or whatever, they all have Bluetooth headsets. They watch movies all day. They read books, you know. And uh, so there's there's some dudes that are like on the top level, like really they would be released if someone would take them, like if a country would yeah. accept them. And they, for those guys, it's like summer camp. They live like maybe eight or ten to like a room. It's like white collar with bunks. Yeah, they just roam around the uh, the yard or whatever. It was, it was weird. That is just weird. looking at these dudes through the fence, like a regular chain link fence. Did they have ice cream? They probably do. I don't know. That's fucking but, bullshit. You know, a lot of times they those dudes will uh, have like hunger strikes or whatever. Yeah, and they're like. Oh, we let them choose whichever flavor and sure they like. So they they took us to the medical facility. When they jam the thing yeah, they're down like, their oh, yeah, we lock them in this chair and they can choose like strawberry banana or. Uh, and they're like, well, when they burp, they can taste it. So they were implying that the hunger strikes are like bogus because they really are getting nutrients or whatever. I don't know. Well, yeah, they're getting nutrients, but it's still a fucking hunger strike. Yeah. It's like dudes are refusing to I don't eat know. and shit. It You're was having a, to strap them down and medically induce. Yeah, it was a it was a really weird like PR. It was like a movie almost. The military's weird, man. I mean, I enjoyed it for yeah. the most part. No, it was cool. We did yeah. some weird shit. Yeah. We're way weirder than civilian life. For well, sure. Sometimes. Most of the time, at least. Yeah. Well, I always tell people, if, if you don't know what you want to be when you grow up, it's a great opportunity to like have four or five years to think about that. Yeah. While making a living, getting good life experience, that'll apply to anything. It doesn't matter if, you, you know, if you're going to stay in or do the same thing in the real world. You know, I'm a barber, but it, all those skills still apply on a daily basis, you know? Did you get out because you were married? Do you think that had anything to do with it? No, I was just unhappy, like on the day to day. I think. Yeah. So it was, it was uh, just, your wife didn't mind that you staying in? Uh, I don't know. We talked about it because I I want I thought about staying in, like maybe being a doctor, things like that, or uh, independent duty corpsman. So I actually re like signed in to reenlist, and some dude fucked up, which caused me to be able to get out, which was pretty cool because I was starting to really kind of have a change of heart. Yeah. And uh, I was actually on leave because I wanted to re-enlist on September 11th. I was going to do like three more years or whatever. Turned in my re-enlistment paperwork. Well, some like admin guy that was filling in for the real admin guy, he didn't do anything. He just left my paperwork there. I went on leave. My buddy, like my LPO, my you know leading petty officer, called me and said, hey, we found your paperwork. Do you still want to do it on 9-11? Because we can make it happen because it was getting close to that day. Sure. 
He's like, it's last minute, but we can, you know, make it. I was like, yo, honestly, I've been, I've been thinking that I don't want to do it. So at that point, I decided I'm going to be a cop. So, <laughs> which is wild. I applied to like, long story short, tons of departments, got really far with multiple departments, like did polygraph, background check, all that nonsense. Separated from the Navy, was just chilling at my mom's house, just waiting to hear back from one of these departments. Figured I was a shoe in. Sure. Because I've never done, you know, like, you know, you know me for a while. I've never done anything bad ever. Right. Um, Straight edge. Plus a good military career. Like, why wouldn't I be a good pick? Uh, so I was just chilling at my mom's house. And in like the same week, I got two thanks but no thanks letters from the police departments. I think I know why they didn't want you. Why's that? Because they, they look at you like, hmm. I feel like this guy like won't shoot unarmed black people. Probably, yeah. And they're not looking. They're for like that he's these a days. bit too level-headed. Yeah, yeah. He might try and use logic. He might not on beat the, the shit the out job. of somebody for like a taillight being yeah. out. So we don't want yeah. that sullying he our ha- ranks. He lacks power trip tendencies. <laughs> he's so, way too yeah. chill of a guy. But uh, so in the meantime, with uh, I started cutting hair just as like a hobby and started to get interested in that and the history because I really liked the traditions and history of the Navy, but not necessarily my day-to-day job. Sure. So like barbering in a way is similar because there's a really rich history. It's like one of the oldest professions like in the world. It's mentioned in the Bible. Like anytime there's been humans, there's been people cutting their hair. So th- I'm, that's why I'm really interested in being a barber. So I started reading more about it. Do you so, think they did high and tights back in the Bible? I think so. Like what did they use? Like sharp rocks? Yeah, like uh, like yeah, slate rocks. Maybe shells, like oyster shells. It's fucking crazy. I never like thought about that. Yeah. Like, how did you cut it? Like, did, do you think they had stylus back then? Up. Probably. Like, what yeah. they use for moose? Dirt, probably. Hmm. Yeah. There's definitely hair color back in the day, too. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Any dirt, like natural berries or whatever. That's how the dudes in like Afghanistan the would dye their beards yeah, exactly. and shit. Yeah, yeah, the Egyptians would kind of do the same thing. So it was always kind of in so the So it was back. either that or prostitute, because you were just down with doing old so jobs. It had to be two of the oldest okay. professions. <laughs> but I started cutting people's hair, like, in the back of my house, like, set up a little shop. But all at the same time, I was still like, yo, I'm going to be a cop. Because I didn't think I could make a living being a barber, honestly. I didn't know anyone that was a barber. I didn't think it was a real job. Uh, just something I enjoyed doing and learning about. Um, so when I got those two letters that week, like, thanks but no thanks, because I wasn't disqualified. That's what's weird. Because if you get disqualified, I believe they have to give you a reason. Right. But this was like, you're, we're not hiring you. So it's just kind of left open there. And I said, okay, barber school it is. Where, did you, where were you at? Then? Well, there's no bar. I was up in Philly just okay. waiting. The two departments I was going to work at were in Virginia, like Virginia Beach, because that's where my cousin's actually a cop there. So he's like, oh, yeah, we really need people. We love military guys. Like, you're good. You should be good. But I wasn't good. But we had already moved our Too stuff liberal, into man. storage down there. This is a real wrench in the works because we were up in Philly just waiting to hear back when to go down there. But uh, there's no barber schools in Philly. So my wife's from Florida. Said, screw it. Let's go to Florida. What part? Uh, well, this was in Melbourne. It's That's on the in East Australia. Coast. Yes. The, uh, the, well, the, Florida's off the coast of Australia. Oh. It's a small island. It's way off the coast of Australia. <laughs> I mean, we're off the coast of Australia right it's now. It's true. And Antarctica. Your worldview. We're off the coast of Jupiter, technically, I suppose. Yeah. So, so, you, go to, so you go to Australia to be a barber. Mm-hmm. And like, Everything's what is, backwards there. What's barber school like? Is it a lot like basic training? No, barber school is wild. Yeah? <laughs> well, it's not that wild. I kind of sold it a little too much there. It was, barber school is used as a last resort for a lot of people. And uh, this, like the this military? is a good story. I hope you have enough hard drive space there. It's like a last resort for a lot of people. Um, it's a way for people to get money from the government. It's, it's a really weird place. So, you know, I'm fresh out of the military, like not even a month, I think. About maybe like a month or so. So I'm super disciplined. I'm disciplined anyway. The Navy made me even more disciplined. And I carried that to barber school and I was like an actual freak. 
I would get there before everyone else. Like I would be the one that would turn the lights and the air conditioning on. But it worked out in my favor because you can only learn to be a barber by cutting people's hair. And you get to do haircuts at barber school if people come in to the school. And it's in order of when you sign in in the morning. So I was always guaranteed a haircut because I was always first on the list. Because the school, there might be two, only two people walk in the school in an eight-hour day. So it was, who wants it was to get hard. their hair cut at, at, a, at a school Yeah, for who wants barbers? some moron to cut their hair for $4? Or so even charging for it. You know, it was a small amount, but... Sure. It's like getting a haircut at the PX. Right. Pretty, you're probably going to get a better cut from a barber student I'm than sure. someone at the PX. I believe it. Yes, yeah, so it was a really weird. It was, and it's an hour-based program. It's twelve hundred hours. So if you go full time, twelve hundred. Twelve hundred hours. Yeah. So it was like that took me about nine months. I went full time. Do like, you have to cut twelve hundred hours of hair? Well, you have to do three hundred haircuts, a hundred shaves, a hundred shampoos, things like that. What? So you got to keep track of all. Of how many people are you allowed to like not haircut, but like cut with a razor and still pass? Oh, uh, you could just really mess people up. You honestly. can. You're allowed to. It's a cash cow. It's a it's a private school. Mm. They're approved by the VA. They're approved by federal loans and all that. So use your GI This woman is that? getting paid running the school. So they don't want to fail anyone. Like there's been instances where the teacher got like locked in the bathroom because the, the students were so wild and like threatening them and stuff. But if they fail someone, they could potentially lose their accreditation. Yeah. They let everyone pass. Everyone goes through. So yeah, but I used the GI Bill, which was awesome. That's scary as shit to hear. Yeah. So my instructor was an actual convicted murderer. From, from Rhode Island, if I can say that. The school almost... Uh, Did they murder someone with a razor? No, his story is oh, insane. That'd be I, crazy. It's pretty graphic. Can I mention it? Please. Okay. So, like, are you familiar with the uh, the current idea of, like, doxing? Yeah. Like, the whole 4chan, like, figuring out where people live and, mm-hmm. or their, like, backgrounds va- based upon, like, internet things? Yeah. But someone kind of did that to this teacher, one of the students. So, the actual barber teacher quit. Um, the school was getting accredited like that week or getting an inspection from the accreditation uh, group or whatever and uh, and the barber teacher quit so that's illegal you cannot teach a barber program if there's no teacher that's licensed to do that so out of nowhere comes this dude Mr. B he's like five foot tall bald white dude with a thick Rhode Island accent we're like who is this guy no one had ever heard him before and he just walked in just like pretending he was our teacher like a total con artist you know like, who is this guy? He's trying to, you know, the school called, called this guy in to save the day for the accreditation. And he's just acting like he's our teacher. Like, it was just so bizarre. Well, someone, like, wised up to him and they Googled him that night. Like, yo, this guy is a murderer. He's an actual murderer. Oh, when he was, like, 17, hopefully he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> nah, he doesn't know how the Fuck you, Mr. Works. B. Yo, he doesn't even know. He, when he was, like, 17, he was, like, you know, into drugs or whatever. I think people have this, like, idea of New England. And then there's, like, the reality that Rhode Island could be as rough as Philly in some parts. You know sure. what I mean? Sure. So he's just like, you know, just a punk kid, you know, into drugs or whatever. So him and his buddy hatched this scheme that they were going to murder, or not that they were going to, this is spoiler alert. They were going to meet up with this prostitute and like trade drugs for sex or whatever. Well, anyway, things go awry and they they decide to kill her. So they murder a prostitute in a graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yo, like they dropped a tombstone on her and killed her. They murdered her in a graveyard. In a graveyard. With a tombstone. Yes. Rather than trade drugs. So he goes to jail. I guess he was supposed to go away for a long time, but some like case law changed or whatever, and uh, he got out of got out after like twenty years. So he got out. Yeah. So I guess something changed, and he was able to get out of prison. And while he was in prison, he there was a barber program, so he's a perfectly legal, licensed barber. But what does anyone do? Gets out of out of prison and way earlier than they should have. They go murder another prostitute. No. Where do you go? You go to Florida. You're gonna start a new life in Florida. 
Well, that's why everyone's in Florida to to start over or so to running from some shit or to die. Yeah, well, it's the same thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, so this, I'm dealing with this knucklehead. He knows nothing about barbering. He's never worked in a barber shop. He's only cut hair in jail. He's only cut hair and murdered prostitutes. Well, yeah, that's like that's his, his own resume. That's, exactly. <laughs> that's a cool resume, though. I'll tell you that much. I guess, yeah. So we got this knucklehead teaching me, like, no one knows anything. Like, thank God for YouTube. I learned so much from YouTube. And just, get, like, giving a fuck. Because that's something you can't teach anyone. Sure. Is how to care about something. Right. Totally. And I just cared, and, and I just made it my point. I'm going to make a living doing this to provide for my family. And uh, during barber school was when my wife was pregnant. And I kind of had it in the back of my head that I never wanted to work a second job. Like, I wanted to make this what I do. Because for a lot of people, they look at it as, like, a side gig. Like, oh, I'm going to keep doing this and also be a barber part-time or at the house or whatever. But I was like, no, I'm going to make a living doing this. Like, this is what I'm going to do now. And then uh, my son was born the day I passed my barber test. Like, I got home from the test, and my wife's water broke. I'm like, that was it. Nice. You know, so that's it all kind of makes sense now. That, when they uh, gave you a, the option to cut the cord, were you like, nah, I got yeah, my own razor, man? <laughs> yeah, I cut it, yeah. Faded that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've been doing this for three years now? Yeah, I guess I've been licensed for like three years. It feels like a really long time, though. And you got your own shop here, yeah. Franklin's Barber Shop. What's the address for people in this Philly? Is, uh, 225 East Gerard Avenue. And you specialize in regular haircuts only? Sort of, yeah. Those signs are actually a joke, but uh, you can take them for what, it, what they are. So no bullshit. I, I don't like to do bullshit. My, my rule of thumb is nothing that looks stupid, you know? Luckily, we've cultivated a shop where we don't get stupid shit. Yeah, it's a cool look. Just, yeah, just a normal... See, like, in the past 70 years ago, there wasn't... Barbershops didn't have themes or specialties. Like, a barbershop was a barbershop. There's one on every corner. It wasn't that big a deal. It wasn't a big, like, dog and pony show. Like, people try to make things now. Yeah. So that's, what, that's my mindset. It's just a normal, traditional, classic barbershop. Attention to detail. Convenient, comfortable, affordable. Yeah. And how many barbers you got working here? So just myself and one other right now. And is that the dude that killed the hooker? <laughs> no. No, he's a... Uh, Mr. B also runs <laughs> a... He sells shaving equipment at the local flea market. Oh. It's called Razor Lifestyle. Check him out on Instagram, at Razor Lifestyle. He really confided in me. I think I was probably like the most mature student, you know, that wasn't like a knucklehead. And uh, but <laughs> for a while after I... Dude, are you okay? Dude. Got the black lung from him, Pittsburgh You black just lung. gave him a shout out on Instagram. <laughs> Pittsburgh black lung. What's his Snapchat? This dude was, uh, he would call me even after I graduated. He'd be like, yo, Anthony, I just bought this soda machine. And he's like, but I can't get it to work. He didn't know how to work the internet because he was in prison. So he wasn't really good at like, he would call me Google because I Googled everything. <laughs> like, yo, Google, help me out. <laughs> He's like, yo, help me get these parts for this soda machine or whatever. That's kind of the last I heard about, heard from him was in regards to his soda machine. Yeah. I'm glad we ended on a positive note. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't even know where to go from there. Like, yeah. So. Here I am. Yeah. So you're here in center Philadelphia, just fucking killing it in the barber game. Well, that's not a game. It's just a business. But It's, not, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been fortunate to be really busy just from, from day one because... People don't pay attention to details. You know, maybe this harkens back to my military service sure. or just me being an anal retentive child my whole life. I don't know. But uh, if you just do a good job and pay attention to the little stuff, like people notice. How many days a week do you do work? Uh, we're here five days a week. Yeah. Tuesday, Tuesday through Saturday. A close Sunday, Monday. Is it, dude, is that a common barber thing? Because yeah. like my barber back home is. does that Sunday, Monday. Yes. Why? I don't know. 
fucking weird. It's tradition. We don't question it. We just because like it. you know, I'm just like I, I'm gonna speak all for all those dudes out there that have like Please do. important shit on Monday afternoon. Yeah, it's real fucking inconvenient when your barber's not open Monday morning. Yeah, I mean, don't you want to just take regular so, weekend off too? Perhaps eventually. Do I that. really like having Mondays off because I can go do stuff. No, uh, like the, except my, for get your haircut. My goal here because I have three chairs. I have another barber's gonna start like a month or so. He's waiting for his licenses to come through. Uh, I'd eventually want to be open seven days a week. So I actually have a fourth guy who's interested. So you won't be here all seven days, but you'll be no, open all the time. No, somebody will. Yeah. And um, so that's the end end goal, you know, because 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 people have those complaints. Not everyone has my schedule. Are, vice versa. So. Are you on the internet? Are you on Facebook? Am I you on, on the internet? Yeah. Are you on? Yeah. Um, everything. Do you have a grinder page? I'm on Grinder, Tinder, all those swiping apps. Are you on Farmers Only? I'm on Christian Mingle. <laughs> Christian Mingle. Yeah, all those. What's your? Do you have a Facebook page? Like, what's the? I don't really uh, use Facebook. My big thing is Instagram. Instagram. Instagram is like killer for barbers. It's super bizarre, but I like know so many barbers just through Instagram. I've like I could, I could tell you a barbershop to go to in like cities all over the world. So we're just through Instagram, but it's uh, just at Franklin's Barbershop. At Franklin's Barbershop. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to say about? No. Thanks for the opportunity. It's cool. I listen to a lot of podcasts. It's cool to talk on one. Yeah. Speak on one. I think is the right word. I think it's talking on it. Think back to your last haircut. How do you feel about it when you walked out of the shop? Disappointed? While your disappointing haircut might have been due to poor barbering, it's often the case that your poor communication with the barber was at least partly to blame. Shut up and listen to your barber. After you've told the barber what you want, shut your yap and listen to your barber's suggestions. Go to the barbershop with an open mind, be flexible, and trust your barber's expertise. Thank you for listening to this episode of Longest War. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, like, rate us on iTunes, Blueberry, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcasting app.